Do you ever find yourself faced with challenges and wonder if you can really cope with them? If so, stay tuned because today we're going to be talking about how to deal with challenging times. Welcome to this edition of the Mind, Body and Relationship Maze. And today we're going to be talking about how to cope with challenging times. And at the moment with the pandemic, uh, a lot of people are facing particularly challenging times and they're dealing with the frustration, the anxiety and all the other emotions that come up because of the, the situation we're currently facing. And this can affect our relationships, it can affect our mental health, it can affect our ability to study if we're currently studying, it can affect our ability to work efficiently uh, and a particular level of happiness and, and our emotional well-being. Yeah, so we're just talking about challenging times, particularly having the pandemic in mind, because that's obviously something that everyone is experiencing and going through at this point in time. But uh, if we're talking about challenging times, it could refer to all sorts of situations that you experience as challenging. It could be, uh, for example, uh, being made redundant at work. It could be uh, um, having a separation from a partner. It could be all sorts of things that are playing out, an argument with a friend. So just any kind of anything that you experience as difficult in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of these situations as well that we see in the pandemic where we can't see those people that we want to face to face in person. We might be able to talk to them on Zoom, Mm. um, but that separation feels very real, even though maybe we can speak to them online. And uh, that's something that causes a variety of different emotions for all of us. Uh, And I think, you know, what this is, even though in a pandemic, this is particularly kind of relevant. There are a lot of people who do have to work away from home for periods of time where, again, they don't see the people they care about or that they love or who love them mm-hmm. and sometimes again we're faced with similar sorts of emotions that come up yes and of course we're all sitting at home uh, some people are working even harder than they would normally do uh, if it weren't in the uh, pandemic pandemic um, other people might have a little bit more time on their hand but what we all experience is this kind of groundhog day uh, experience isn't it like every day seems to be kind of rolling on to the next everything seems the same we seem to be doing the same thing again and again and again so the whole experience of time has changed a lot as well we feel it's sort of more condensed isn't it it's like the same every day yeah it's like nothing changes because that routine becomes so like you know like we're on that hamster wheel of life and it becomes even more real than usual yeah. And and that can bring up a variety of different emotions. I mean, I think I mentioned some of them already. So frustration, you know, it's mm-hmm. natural that we're going to feel frustrated. Yeah. yeah. And of course, we might feel quite anxious as well. There's this whole sense of uh, uncertainty that comes with not knowing when this whole period is going to come to an end. We're all hoping that uh, it's going to happen sooner or later, but we don't exactly know ex- when it's going to happen. And that is very challenging for lots lots of people. Absolutely. And then, you know, on top of that, because there's the uncertainty and because Mm. we're certainly in the UK, we've had a lockdown, then we've gone back to work, then another lockdown, back to work, Mm. and then suddenly realise that things have got worse. So it feels like we're in an endless loop of lockdowns, which Mm. when when this sort of thing happens, it's natural that a lot of people feel a sense of hopelessness or helplessness, that that nothing they do can make a difference, that, you know, basically we're at the control of uh, this, this pandemic, of this 
of this virus that's around us and the decisions made by the countries that we're in that can lead us to essentially feel the sense of hopelessness or helplessness. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly with this idea of permanence, isn't it? The idea that this is never going to end. Um, so we get into uh, we get into this fear that you know how long is this going to go on for? And and it feels like uh, there is no end in sight. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to kind of address this in a couple of ways, actually, in this podcast. Like you said, mm-hmm. uh, you're talking about permanence. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about two different ways that we can start to think about things differently that hopefully can help you begin to change your experience of times where you find they're really challenging. Mm-hmm. So we're going to explore more of a cognitive approach in terms of how we think. And we're also going to explore a psychodynamic perspective in basically with the concept of projection. Mm-hmm. And, and as you said, uh, in terms of a cognitive approach, one of these things is permanence, where basically if we do feel that something is going to last forever, it, we, we get this sense like, well, there's nothing I can do or kind of, you know, it's like it's going on. There's no end in sight. Nothing's going to change. And naturally, uh, we start to feel frustrated. We start to get this sense of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it might be quite quite helpful to put a little sticker on your fridge uh, which says this too shall pass or something like that some sort of mantra that is a reminder that we're actually this is not going to go on forever it might feel like it but there will be an end inside sooner or later uh, there we will come out of the lockdowns we will find some sort of solution for this pandemic and life will resume to some extent uh, in its normal ways I mean there might be obviously this might take some time I'm not a crystal crystal ball reader it might you know might take another year or so who knows it might just take a few months but it will come to an end and that's really important to remember that yes and one of the things i think that some people find can help them realize that things aren't permanent is by looking to events in the past where things have happened you know there has been a pandemic in the past well several i I think quite frequently Mm -hmm. but the Mm -hmm. most recent major pandemic when i say recent it was was 1918 or something with the the spanish was it spanish flu flu. yeah yeah Yeah. and 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 again that Mm -hmm. went on for a long time it killed a huge number of people but you know now nobody even talks about it until this current pandemic I'd never even heard of it until this pandemic so you know that that's passed away and it's it's been forgotten by many people yeah. and when we when we talk to people or we hear people being interviewed who have been through some of the some of the wars mm-hmm. um, and at that time you know with the Second World War which lasted for years and years mm-hmm. uh, basically that you know that experience for them would have been at the time this seems endless yeah. But it passed. My parents went through mm. uh, the Second World War and, you know, they really spoke about it. I think not because they didn't want to, be, or not because it was kind of um, they were repressing it or felt that they couldn't, but really because, you know, their lives had moved on. And it was something that, that was temporary, mm. although at the time it felt like it was going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it might be little consolation for you to think, oh my God, this is going to go on for you know another few years or something like you know the Spanish flu or the First or Second World War, but but it's it's not actually that likely to go on for that long. And and in any case, it's just this reminder that we have resilience, that we can survive very very challenging times. It's not going to destroy us. Yeah, and I think also as as well as talking about pandemic, I think it's useful to think about other areas of your life where sometimes you've had the experience that you think it's never going to be over, it's never going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a financial challenge, it could be a, a different challenge in our lives to do with relationships, mm-hmm. and. 
I think some of the things to help us remind, remember that it's not permanent is looking back into our own history, into our own lives and thinking, have we ever had a similar type of challenge before? Or have we had a challenge before mm. where at the time you felt it's never going to change, mm. but actually now things did move on. And sometimes we forget yeah. that we have that resilience. Sometimes we forget that there are many times in our life where things seem to mm. never be changing. But it's going back and actually thinking, well, actually, we did get through those times. They did pass and we're here today. And remembering that you have those resources now to help you get through the times now. They're not permanent. They are temporary. Yes, absolutely. And this goes for really, I mean, um, we don't want to belittle the experience of lots of people in this pandemic who've really been very badly affected, either by losing a loved one, by struggling with long term uh, illness yourself, long COVID, for example, or just losing your job. So all sorts of, it, it might have had all sorts of impacts on, on your life. So we don't want to take away from that. It's worth acknowledging that this has happened and it's been a terrible experience. But just as a reminder, even if it was really, really tragic, you you know, life does carry on and there will be a different experience. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the second area I want to talk about in, in a more cognitive approach is the idea of pervasiveness. Mm. So pervasiveness is where something seems to affect all of our lives rather than just part of it. Mm. And again, we could say that, well, actually, at the moment, it does seem like the current situation is affecting most of our lives. And to a sense, that's true. But I think there's other areas where the pervasiveness can become quite negative. And for me, one of these things I experience with a lot of the people that I've worked with mm. and also I've seen with uh, my, my own experience is the power of the media mm. and the power of television. The power of the news is that we tend to get wrapped up listening to the news or constantly thinking, uh, you know, I read the newspaper article and seeing all of the people who are suffering, losing their jobs, how it seems that, you know, these variants and the way that it's described sometimes, mm -hmm. I even read this morning saying, you know, very concerning new variant. And yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of the time it doesn't mean that the vaccine isn't going to be effective, for example, mm -hmm. but we start to read stuff into it. But the more we kind of expose ourselves to the, 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 the media that's saying things are awful, they're never going to change, mm -hmm. it seems to affect us fully. Yes, absolutely. And it takes away from from your actual day-to-day -day experience where you are at home, you might, uh, you are actually relatively, unless you're very, uh, not very careful, you're actually at home, you're relatively safe, right? You're not, nothing is going to happen to you if you're not, uh, if you're, if you're very careful, if you wear your masks, if you, uh, when you go shopping, etc. So it's not really happening to you directly all of the time. So it's just a sort of secondary experience that you have when you look at social media all the time, you watch the news endlessly, etc. So it seems to be there all the time. But it's not necessarily in your home all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just being aware that even though the media makes it feel like it's going on around us and within our kind of, well, even mm. within our own household, mm. it's it's not. It's the way that we kind of perceive it because because it's constantly out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when, when I, I remember when I studied uh, forensic psychology, which is what I did my master's in, I, you know, one of the first things that really shocked me was um, it introduced the idea that actually most crime is committed by a very small percentage of people, that most people never commit any sort of crime. And mm -hmm. but the thing is, 
the reality is most people in class thought, well, actually, there's lots and lots of crime all, all around us because we constantly see it in the newspaper. Mm. And I've worked with many people who um, mm. are afraid to go out of their homes because of crime. Mm. But really, you know, most of us, we don't experience much in the way of this, if anything, in our whole lifetime. So we have, you know, and we may experience one or two minor things, mm. um, but the, the experience is that it, it appears to be much more pervasive than it is mm. because of the way that we see this in the media in the papers mm. and it causes the fear so it causes that extra sort of fear which which can make us again feel more anxiety it can feel mm. make us more feel a sense of despair absolutely yeah so it's really not helpful to endlessly watch the news spend too much time on twitter or on instagram or facebook uh, looking at you know the terrible world out there so really uh, we would really recommend cut it down just you know uh, that's not to say that you can't be well informed about the world that's fine but don't overdo it don't become too hooked on this on these bad news all the time it's not helpful yeah absolutely and like you said it's it's not to say ignore it it's not to say it's not happening yeah um it's just to put it into kind of the proportions that it is mm. and to do what you can to be careful and to yeah. look after yourself and to look after the people around you Yeah, because I think otherwise, if you constantly watch the news, um, listen to all the bad, you know, all the bad news that you that around you, you have this sort of sense of that there's no control anymore, that everything is out of control, and you are out of control. You have no sense of, you know, steering your life, um, taking charge of your life, making decisions in your life. It feels like other people are doing it to you. The virus is doing it to you, so you become this kind of helpless creature that can't do anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that is the third key of, of, of the cognitive principles we're talking about, which is control. Yeah. So how much sense of control do you have in something? Because when you feel you don't have any control, again, we have this feeling of helplessness, of mm. hopelessness. Mm. We have more anxiety, more frustration. Mm. And, and as you said, it can feel like we don't have control because we're mm. at the mercy of this virus. Mm. But it's about thinking, what do you have control over? Yeah. So you do have control over, you know, taking precautions. You do have control over, you know, in terms of wearing a mask when you go out. You have control over, you know, just in many different areas of our life about kind of keeping hygiene in your house or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And taking some charge also in terms of, well, okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to switch off the telly now. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something that's actually more beneficial to me i'm going to in, engage in a creative ex, uh, um, activity for example do some drawing or some pottery or whatever it is that you do um, i do something different that actually uh, takes me away from this kind of mind frame this kind of mindset of negativity and fear yeah absolutely being proactive so learn something i think in the first lockdown lots mm. of people seem to be learning and reading in the, in the UK, in this lockdown, it seems that less people are doing Definitely. that because they feel more yeah. of a sense of hopelessness. And that's why it's more important right now is to take charge, think, well, what can you do? Because mm. there are many things you can do. So go and learn something, go and, you know, mm. read books, take a course, mm. take a course online. Mm. Sometimes we don't take a course because uh, in the past people think, well, I haven't got time to go to this place to learn. Mm. But now you can do so much online. Absolutely. Yeah. And And you might say, well, I haven't got the time for that. I'm working even harder. I know that a lot of people are working even harder now, um, just sitting in front of the computer all day, doing all sorts of jobs. Um, and actually, they don't have more time. Some people might have more time. Some people might not have more time. But in any case, I think it's important to use that time that you have in a way that's fruitful, that's actually 
uh, enabling to you to step away from all the, 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 the terrible things that are happening around us and to do something positive and constructive. Um, it's it's a great a it's, you know you get distracted so to speak from what's out there, but also a secondary gain is you actually learn something new. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know when you're stuck uh, indoors and maybe you're with your partner or um you, and and sometimes it can seem like it's a challenge. Well, mm-hmm. think well what can I do to influence that? Like mm-hmm. well you know learn how you can find some different ways to get to know your partner better or you know learn things about ourselves that are causing the issue and you know, that's one of the big reasons why we created the relationship maze which mm-hmm. is you know our online course is to help people become more aware of themselves and the factors that might have a, a challenging influence in the relationships and mm-hmm. how we get to know the other person yeah because i mean this is one of it might be one of the advantages actually of being uh spending more time at home maybe having more time to reflect on what we do why we do it whether it serves as well so this might be a great opportunity when we're less engaged with the hustle bustle of life sitting on a on a crowded train for example commuting to work we haven't got that anymore so we've got more time maybe also for introspection and for looking at who we are as a person how we interact with each other how we interact with our partners as tom just said so so there are opportunities here as well yeah, absolutely. So those three factors are so important to help give you more of a sense of um, being able to put frustration, anxiety and helplessness behind us. Mm-hmm. So that is making sure you remember that things aren't permanent. They're not going to last forever in terms of pervasiveness, that mm-hmm. don't let it pervade all areas of our life. Think about the things we can do, the areas we have control. So that other area, you know, control. What do we have control over? Mm. What can we learn? What can we do? Mm. Really start to think about the things that you can do. And start to think about this takes us to the onto the next uh, topic that Tom mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, which was projections or psychodynamic uh, principle of projection, where we kind of attribute something that we are feeling or experiencing onto the other person. And that's something that we've also witnessed is increasing, uh, increasingly playing out, particularly in relationships, in romantic relationships, but in, in not not just in those relationships, all relationships at work, etc. That people are very frustrated, of course, with uh, you know, with being cooped up at home, with having less range, not less opportunity to be out there, uh, they feel frustrated, they feel anxious, um, and they kind of pass on that feeling to the person who is nearest and often dearest. Uh, might be the partner, might be a work colleague, etc. So what often plays out, and that's what we're witnessing a lot at the moment, is that um, there's a lot of expression of anger that kind of gets passed on to someone else. Yeah, because it's intolerable for for one person to kind of deal with it, to feel it. I find it really difficult to feel with it, so let me pass it on to someone else. Yeah, I mean, someone I was talking to the other day, or someone I was I was working with, um, uh, they had the experience of um, saying they were just walking down the street, and normally, you know, they might get annoyed if someone stopped in front of them, and Mm. uh, just suddenly, or you know, if people kind of cut in front of them. But they found they're getting more and more angry, more and more aggressive feelings than Mm. they would normally have, and they knew that it was because of the situation that it wasn't these people; Mm. it was they were projecting more of this their their own internal responses 
onto the other people and you know in terms of work uh, mm. like I've, I've had I've talked to several people who they find they're getting more and more annoyed with their, their kind of managers at work mm. and it's not that the managers are necessarily doing anything different mm. it's that it's these feelings themselves that they then project onto people Yes. Again, we've seen this in all different areas yeah. in terms of um, like uh, in terms of colleges, in terms of universities, in terms of workplaces. There seems to be more and more of this built up frustration that can so easily be projected onto somewhere else, mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily do anybody any good in the long run. No, it's understandable that it happens, but um, but it's really also very important to kind of pay attention to it. Because it can be so uh, undermining, of course, if you get into that. And if uh, in a relationship, both partners constantly project their frustrations onto each other rather than taking a step back and saying, I am really frustrated here. This is my anger. This is my sadness. Yeah, this is my uh, hopelessness, maybe. It's, uh, you know, it gets fired off into the other direction. And that, that undermines the relationship in the long run. So you've got to be, you've got to take a step back sometimes and think twice before I fire off with a quick repartee, with a quick attack onto my partner. Let's take a deep breath first. Yeah, Let's wait a minute before I react, before I say what I want to say, or let's take a deep breath uh, if it's within the context of a work environment before I fire off this angry email, for example. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think one of the important things to remember with us as well is that, remember, this this is a defense mechanism. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism because those feelings can be very painful inside of ourselves and we mm. don't want to face those feelings. Mm. And so I, I think that the challenge is remembering that, you know, if we don't become aware of this, what happens is we get more angry with somebody, we get more frustrated. So say we kind of project our anger onto somebody else, we get angry with them, they then feel upset, they respond to us in a different way, and we have this cycle where things build. Mm-hmm. We see it a lot in social media, which uh, the term mm-hmm. uh, always used to be flaming spirals, where mm-hmm. one message is misinterpreted, the other person gets angry, they send an angry message, then you get a more angry response, pretty soon you've got this real hostility going on, mm-hmm. which um, we've seen in all sorts of, on the media recently, where people are getting really wound up about things that mm-hmm. really, you know, normally, that would just kind of pass by and uh, yeah and also on that topic uh, just remember that particularly uh, when you are interacting with people online you interact differently so it is a different interaction one uh, of the factors that we often talk about when we talk about uh, counseling therapy um, working online with with clients is uh, what we call disinhibition it's much easier to let rip so to speak yeah online because you're more distant from the person you're not you don't they're not sitting opposite you you're more likely to to, uh, to disclose more and to express more to be more expressive in terms of feelings that you might find challenging particularly anger it's much easier to get anger out uh, on camera than it is having somebody in front of you so be mindful around that as well yeah that really good points and I, I think something as well that I find can be quite helpful is um, what as you mentioned is mm. is to be accepting and kind of be aware of this this frustration be aware of what's going on inside of yourself and be mm. aware of what's going on from you what's coming from you and really thinking about 
you know, what really is going on outside of you and seeing the facts of what's out there rather than interpretation, mm. which can be a struggle. Uh, and I think mm. knowing that, you know, sometimes when we read something into something else out there, uh, acknowledging that this is part of your mind that is trying to protect you somehow, mm. even though we might see this anger somewhere else mm. uh, and it may not be useful, that part of your mind is trying to protect you. So acknowledging that and even I think sometimes just thanking yourself for mm. trying to kind of preserve kind of trying to protect you and just letting yourself know that actually it's okay that you know this is something we can look at this is something we can explore mm. uh, and deal with more in, in a more calm and more objective way yes because ultimately you're dealing with your own vulnerability uh, you're dealing with the vulnerability of someone else and it can be quite self-defeating to kind of shoot off quite quickly without reflection and 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 to, and, and pass the blame on to the other person and ultimately uh, it's as you say it's kind of spirals i'm angry about something i'm frustrated i pass it on to my partner my partner responds and then i have verification so to speak and i can say yes i was right to attack my partner in the first place and so on and so forth but the sort of ori the origin so to speak of the initial frustration gets lost in all of this um, and it becomes very self-sabotaging. Yeah, and, and I think, as you've already said, you know, take a breath. Mm. Maybe count to five in your mind before you respond. Mm. Slowing your breathing down will help you uh, trigger the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps you trigger a relaxation response in your body so you can react more calmly. So that's so important. So mm. just take a breath, count to five. Yes, yeah. makes all the difference. Yeah. And in terms of some other things you can do to help with both the things we've been talking about in terms of a cognitive approach and more psychodynamic approach, something that you can do that you may find is a way for you to overcome some of this frustration, some of these different emotions, it could be helping other people, it could be volunteering. Mm. Yeah, because when we're volunteering, when we help other people, we we have to become more aware of what's going on for other people rather than being dwelling in terms of what's going on just for ourselves. Mm. And it's been shown with so much research that actually being altruistic, helping other people can give you much a, a much greater sense of self-worth. It can mm. help you feel just much more positive on the whole. And it gives you more of a sense of being in control as well, isn't it? Because you can actually do something. If you feel like you can do something that helps someone else, that gives you a sense of control even in the face of adversity, even in the face of this terrible pandemic that has such terrible, uh, such a terrible impact on everyone else. It gives you a sense of, there's something here that I can do that will make a difference to someone else. And that will make a difference for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So whether it's helping with a support group online or on the telephone, um, you know, mm -hmm. over here in the UK as well, a lot of people are volunteering to help uh, with the vaccination programs. We have a lot of people who, yeah. you know, just volunteer and they go out and, and help deliver that. Yeah. Uh, and that can be very rewarding for so many people. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Yeah, I think we've come to the end, haven't we? So yeah, absolutely. We have no, so uh, and so as we've said, you know, just have a think about some of these things and just know that you know mm. things will change. That this is not permanent. And with all the situations in our life, things will change. However difficult something seems, allowing yourself to know that it is temporary. 
even if at a time it seems to be lasting forever, it is temporary. You have some control. Uh, and it's about what action you can take right now that allows you to feel more in control and to feel better about the situation. Yes. And in terms of relationships as well, you know, if you want to find out more about ways you can help your relationship, please do go to our website, therelationshipmaze.com, and we have lots of resources there uh, to help you out and also our online course. Yeah, so we hope to see you there. Take good care. Look after yourself. Yeah, see you at the next podcast. Bye. Bye.